0: Hello and welcome to another edition of Problematic Women, a podcast and Facebook live show that showcases strong conservative women, current events, and the hypocrisy of the feminist left. My name is Kelsey Harkness. I'm a senior news producer with The Daily Signal.
1: And I'm Bree Payton, staff writer at The Federalist and
0: friend of The Daily Signal. Our first segment is called That Happened where we highlight some of the more ridiculous and hypocritical news stories of the week, never shortage thereof. So this week we're going to kick it off with Merriam-Webster the dictionary declaring feminism the word of the year for 2017. So the reason they declared feminism the word of the year is because they claim that it was a top lookup throughout the year. Um, They said a lot of the spikes occurred around the Women's March and related marches that happened in other cities internationally. And afterwards, where a lot of women in the media, I'd, I'd count both of us in that, were debating whether or not the march actually counted as feminism. Um, people also apparently didn't quite know what feminism meant and what type of feminism the Women's March supported. So that's another reason. The dictionary says that women were women and men were searching for the word feminism in 2017. And then there was another spike when Kellyanne Conway had that pretty incredible quote about saying she does not identify as a feminist because she thinks the word has been hijacked from a lot of really radical women. So I thought this was an interesting word of the year. Feminism certainly has been a big issue debated this year. Uh, Bree and I have both written quite a bit about this in The Daily Signal in The Federalist and other publications. It's such an interesting word because... I've never fully decided if I want to embrace it and try to take its meaning back from these radical feminists who have hijacked it or if I just want to reject it and do our own thing, sort of like Kelly and Conway. How do you how do you um, how do you define yourself? Do you, do you do you define yourself as a feminist?
1: Yeah, I often grapple with that also. Um, Because, I mean, if you're looking at the dictionary definition of feminism, uh, which is that, you know, men and women should be treated equally and have equal protections under the law. Of course, I consider myself a feminist. But and I also find that annoying when people try in when you're debating someone, they turn to the dictionary and are like, oh, well, the dictionary says that this is how this is defined, because. Uh, words take on a different meaning in different contexts, right? And when we talk about feminism, oftentimes we are not talking about this simple definition, which is equality for both the sexes. We are talking about the women's march. We are talking about women who say that you have to support abortion in order to be a feminist. Um, and so, I think just when we zoom out and look at the look at the context of 2017, it is tough to say, "Yeah, I'm a feminist." Just with all of the stuff that self proclaimed and self identified feminists are doing and saying um about women and to themselves
0: that's a really good point so i do want to read the definition according to merriam webster of feminism i mean it's the theory of the political economic and social equality of the sexes and organized activity on behalf of women's rights and interests so again i struggle with this because according to that definition <laughs> i am 110 percent a feminist i support Women's rights. I support equality of the sexes. Uh, I believe there's still a lot to fight for on the equality front internationally, of course, far more internationally than domestically here in the United States. But this word has just been so incredibly hijacked, um, and it's it really comes down to the definition of women's rights and interests, and I think that's where uh, the roads divide, and these types of questions come up.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Uh, And I mean, you know, in Saudi Arabia this year, women can now finally drive. Yay! (laughs) So you are right that internationally women face a lot more difficulty and challenges than we do here in the United States. And I think also just the concept and theory of intersectionality has really polluted feminism um, a lot. In recent years, you know, this idea that everyone uh, is weighted on their status of victimhood and that, you know, if
0: you're trans, then you win all the points and you're the (laughs) ultimate victim. So if Um, you're just for listeners who might not know what this is, if you're a woman that is a point for you but then you get two points if you're a woman and you're also african-american right and if you're woman, african-american and Trans. A lesbian then yeah. that's three points and yeah. it just goes on and on right so I, I think that that
1: is a simplistic way of looking at people and i mean when you talk about privilege theory i definitely think that there are advantages Um, when your skin is a certain color in this country. I mean, that's just baked into the cake in our society and the way that our public education system is structured. Um, And when individuals fight against school choice, I think that that uh, disproportionately, wow, affects students of color. Uh, And I think when... The way our society is structured does benefit people who are white. I think that you can say that as an objective fact. However, I think it's simplistic to put people in boxes and say, oh, you get X number of points uh, because, you know, you look like this and you happen to fit within this gender. I think that that is a
0: deeply flawed way of looking at and treating people. So some other top words of the year, according to the dictionary, is the word complicit, and guess what? The word complicit in its explanation, um, it was published with a picture of Ivanka Trump. I believe we have the picture to show you. Um, and and this is what Mer- Merriam-Webster said about it. The word has been used in connection with the Trump administration throughout the year, first regarding whether members of the Trump administration were complicit in the firing of James Comey and later whether they were complicit in the Russian disinformation campaigns meant to disrupt the 2016 election. Other politicians have used the word in an effort to themselves from the trump administration i thought it was so mean that they yeah. put the picture of ivanka trump on that of course i believe it was an snl skit that called her complicit uh but it seems like even even the dictionary is political it, like, i know how are we are, are we getting to the point where you know both sides have their own facts and we're going to need two different dictionaries too Yeah, I think we're already there, (laughs) and I think
1: Merriam-Webster's efforts to be woke, I think, are Just really
0: annoying. (laughs) I just find all of this to be annoying. Yeah, so another word was recuse, referring to Jeff Sessions. So that was very political. Another word of the year was empathy. And according to the dictionary, empathy was frequently used in articles criticizing Trump or Republicans for their lack of empathy in their comments or proposed legislation. That is a direct quote from the publishers, the authors of Merriam-Webster. Mm. Uh, the last, the last one I want to mention is "dotard," and this was <laughs> referring to Trump's <laughs> mental state. And so there was, I believe, a list of the top ten um, words of the year, and so so many of them were political and politically motivated and now i think we're not just going to have a distrust with the press we're going to we're we're going to have yeah. a distrust with the dictionary all of our institutions crumbling one fell swoop <laughs>
1: 2017
0: knocked them all out news
1: media gone dictionary gone it's all gone like forget about it oh, we're at a new low yeah all right <laughs> speaking of new lows chelsea handler had a pretty bad week This week, she came swinging at Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Uh, I'm just gonna play the clip. Let's just, this is just what she had to say. This is Chelsea Handler in her own words.
2: Please welcome that dumpster, smoky eyed raccoon, White House press secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders.
1: Oh, uh, it's just back there getting a little smoky eye. Yeah, I have
2: noticed, actually, that you've looked more and more, like, um, whore-like in the last, <laughs> the last couple of months. It's like you came out, you were really plain in the beginning, and then all of a sudden, all the eye started piling piling on, and then brighter lips and skirt. And the other day, I saw some cleavage. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, it takes a whore to know a whore, so.
1: <laughs> wow. Wow. So, as a makeup fiend myself, <laughs> I personally think that Sarah Huckabee Sanders should double down on the smoky eye. Like, someone's coming at you, criticizing your makeup, double down. You That's troll what I've him. always done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> gotta double down, gotta troll. Uh, so I hope that she continues to rock the smokey eye because it's fun, and I think she looks great. Um, but also, I mean, you and I have talked about this, right? Chelsea Handler is someone who likes to identify or call herself a feminist, and according to her own definition, um, I don't really think that she lives up to that. We're going to also play the clip of Chelsea explaining what a feminist is.
2: I want to say, I I, apparently, I I didn't know this because I try not to um, read anything about myself and I found out that apparently I'm getting a lot of backlash for making fun of Sarah Huckabee Sanders because I claim to be a feminist. I am a feminist who supports women who support other women and don't lie to the country and don't protect people. (laughs) He said, he said in that video that she has three children. She actually has four children, if you include Donald Trump, because that's the, a mother is the only person that could go out day after day after day and lie to the American people and not stick up. A feminist is somebody who sticks up for the people that are marginalized, whether that's the LGBT community, whether that's Muslims, whether that's Mexicans. Anybody who is marginalized in society is what I define a feminist to represent, somebody who goes and fights for them. That woman is not a feminist.
1: So... In other words, Chelsea Handler is saying that a feminist is someone who supports other women, but that doesn't count if your political opinions or your views do not align with hers. Right? That's very clearly, just very blatantly uh, what she is saying in this. She's saying, I don't like what you do every day uh, in your role as White House Press Secretary because I don't like the person that you are working for, and so therefore uh, I don't have to treat you the way that I expect to be treated. I can treat you however I want, and the rules of feminism go out the window. That's what it
0: sounds like to me. What's particularly sad about this is Chelsea is not just attacking Sarah on the content, what she says on stage to the American people. She's attacking her based on her appearance. right? And that is a particular low blow for- especially coming from someone who calls themselves a feminist. And this is body shaming is something that we as women have been fighting against for years. And she kind of is doubling down on it and getting away with it. I have seen, you know, some random people respond to her on Twitter, but I haven't seen any major feminist voices coming out and decrying these personal attacks on on Sarah Huckabee Sanders' looks. I actually tweet, I sent out a tweet um, asking people to send me articles. Maybe I'm just not searching oh for no. the right thing. Send me articles of feminists saying it is not okay to attack another woman based on her looks. I got nothing. The only one that I found is from Jezbel, which has the headline... Chelsea Handler criticized for body shaming Sarah Huckabee Sanders. So the headline is the the news of this story isn't that she what, is she's doing something wrong they're right. reporting on the fact that oh a few people are criticizing her so they're not saying what what they did is wrong they're just pointing out that oh yeah she did get criticized right
1: the headline isn't watch chelsea handler body shame sarah huckabee sanders it's look at these tweets chelsea got because people were upset that she did this thing yeah i definitely uh agree that the backlash has been mild at best i think fox and friends is really the only people that are you know doubling down on um you know, hyping up the backlash against her and all all of her other, you know, so-called feminist friends are totally uh, ignoring it. And, you know, I'm going to say it again, and I say this every week, which is that this is another example uh, of the fact that feminism is not about empowering women. It's about pushing a specific political agenda. And if you're a woman who doesn't support that specific political agenda or ideology uh, or have that same mindset, oh, prepare to be thrown to the wolves because that's what happens to women like us every single week and women all around the country
0: who maybe voted for President Trump. And I think what people sometimes forget about Sarah Huckabee Sanders and the nature of her job is it is her job to defend the president of the United States, no matter what he does. So, yeah, you can't necessarily say Sarah Huckabee Sanders personally, you know, we don't know her personal opinions on all of all of the issues that come up. She signed up to defend the president of the United States, just as all of Obama's White House press secretaries signed up to defend Obama they didn't they didn't say well this is what Obama says but I personally have a problem with it for all we know Sarah Huckabee Sanders sometimes might have a problem with some of the things that go on but she is doing her job and she has every right to do that yeah I completely
1: completely agree with you Kelsey you had an interesting piece this week uh over at thefederalist.com talking about birth control and how it's it's linked to an increased risk of breast cancer. Tell us a little bit more about that.
0: Yes. Yet again, I'm on the birth control B uh, (laughs) uh, last week. I believe I brought up a massive study that showed links between birth control and suicide rates that if you're on hormonal birth control, you're three times as likely to commit suicide. I think that's extremely important figure to bring attention to, although the numbers are still small with the people committing suicide, of course, Uh, but women on birth control deserve to know that. And, Following that, an additional study by the same group group of researchers, this time published in the New England Journal of Medicine, followed 1.8 million Danish women, which is a huge population size for a study, for an average of more than 10 years. Of those women, researchers identified over 11,000 cases of breast cancer. They estimated that for every 7,690 women who use hormonal contraception for one year, one extra woman might develop breast cancer or, or approximately 13 additional breast cancer cases for every 100,000 women. So this risk is extremely, extremely small. The the correlation between them, of course, we don't know for sure whether correlation, correlation is causation, but... The topic of breast cancer being linked to hormonal birth control is really nothing new. What's new about this is, again, the massive size of the study, 1.8 million women. So my argument with this, uh, there's, there's two things going on here. One... Women deserve to know what risks there are when they put these hormones into their bodies. Birth control, um, women have been taking birth control since 1960. How come it's 2017 and we're just finding out about these very serious uh, risks? Um if you're listening to this and you're on hormonal birth, birth control, I don't think this is a cause to go flush your birth control down the toilet, but it's it's maybe worth having a conversation with your doctor p- particularly if you are at high risk for breast cancer. Yeah, or
1: just being more vigilant about routine screenings and about examining yourself, right? Knowing that, oh, I have a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of a potential increased risk because I am taking this hormonal contraceptive. Therefore, you know every couple of weeks or every month after i get out of the shower while i'm in the shower just manually examining yourself for any
0: abnormalities and having those double checked by a doctor and what's really strange to me about this study is the birth control link to breast cancer this study was covered by the new york times and birth controls link to suicide which again was um, the study was conducted by this same group of researchers That study has been completely ignored by the New York Times and a lot of the mainstream media. Um, So first off, I don't understand why if they cover one study, they refuse to cover the other when the fact is the suicide link is potentially more alarming and more important for women to know about because... Um, It's a it's a greater number of people committing. it's, It's a greater chance. Three times as likely if you're on hormonal birth control to commit suicide. But since the New York Times is covering the links to breast cancer, I wanted to read you all this letter to the editor which uh, this writer, um, Isabel DeCampo from Princeton, New Jersey, wrote in, uh, wrote to The New York Times. I want to read it because I think it's easy to conclude that when we bring up this subject, it's because, you know, people conclude that we're against Planned Parenthood, which, by the way, has been completely silent on all these studies. Um, and they, they, they come to the conclusion that we're talking about these types of studies because of you know some religious beliefs that we might have on birth control. It's, it's not true for me personally. I'm interested in this topic uh, because I don't think that, in my experience, when doctors pressure you to, to uh, take birth control, I don't think they're informing you of the risk. So this was titled Many Modern Contraceptives Still Linked to Breast Cancer. As a young woman who has taken oral contraceptives for several years, I'm frustrated by the new findings on the cancer risk associated with modern, modern hormonal birth control. The risk is small but concerning, and it, and it signifies an alarming failure of medical professionals to assess the products they are, at, they are actively encouraging women to use. The doctors had no idea how modern, modern hormonal methods fared in terms of breast cancer risk before this study conveyed ser, uh, tremendous disregard for women's health. Given that American women rely on oral contraceptives more than any other form of birth control, it is unbelievable that the medical community has not already completed a comprehensive risk assessment for modern contraceptives. As funding for birth control research and development declines, it feels as though women have few long-term options that sidestep the risk of hormonal methods. I'd like to see renewed research on new or, or better birth control products, Ones that are safe and convenient um, and incorporate men in pregnancy prevention. I think she said that well. And again, I think I wanted to read that to prove the point. This is not political. This is women raising the question, why are we just learning about this now?
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I think if men were the ones at risk of getting <laughs> pregnant, I think they would have figured out some form of birth control that uh, has way fewer side effects and is just a lot overall better. I yeah. will say that.
0: Yeah, And I, I think that she makes a very good point, um, that more research needs to be done. That's something I personally think that g- both government and non-government officials need to be funding birth control studies. But when you think about it, millions and billions billions of dollars go into the birth control industry and you never know uh who might not want these studies to be done okay and we're the victims in the end speaking of birth control do you want to know kind of something funny
1: there's like been some funny drama over at the federalist instagram page so like a month ago we published this piece by a doctor who was a woman Um, over at TheFederalist.com, and the headline was, Stop Denying Science, Birth Control Isn't Necessary for Women's Health.
0: I remember reading that one. And in
1: her article, the main takeaway is, like, she doesn't even say that birth control is bad. She's just saying a lot of times when doctors prescribe birth control to treat, because it is used to treat and try to combat some hormonal imbalances, she's saying that doesn't fix the underlying problem. It kind of masks a lot of the symptoms. So she's like, listen, if you want to get to the underlying problem, maybe you know think about alternatives think about treating this differently doctors need to stop using this as a one-size-fits-all thing that was her point uh angered a lot of people (laughs) people were just blowing like up our mentions right and since then um a lot of women on the federal or a lot of commenters on the federalist instagram page will comment on just like random pictures like a here okay i don't know if you can see but here's a picture of like Federalist writers wearing boots, and the caption is, on Fridays, we wear boots with a cowboy emoji, right? Comment from, I don't even know how to say, Abich Toblerone. She says, birth control is necessary for people's health. On another photo, we have a picture of uh, a book of an author who came on to you know be interviewed on the Federalist radio program uh and the same lady is like birth control is necessary for women's health i can only um, imagine what she would say to me <laughs> i know so anyway i just thought that that was some funny drama that's going well, on if you look at our mentions on instagram that's what's happening that's the story behind
0: this because people are upset and and i think I again um these types of studies People on the left who are very pro-everybody taking birth control find them very threatening, find this information very threatening. And I think that's exactly why Planned Parenthood, which claims to be the nation's most important educator for female uh, reproductive health, has been completely silent and is not educating women on new studies that relate to their health. So I think for the woman who's commenting on your Instagram pages and uh, even some of the reporters who seem to be um, consciously choosing not to cover these studies, I think they do find find them threatening to the liberal agenda, which is birth control for all funded by taxpayers.
1: Yes, that is their ultimate goal. Speaking of ultimate goals (laughs) and disappointments and sad things... Uh, In Alabama earlier this week, there was a surprising upset. Republican candidate Roy Moore was defeated by Democrat Doug Jones earlier this week. And since then I have actually kind of enjoyed all of the drama surrounding Roy Moore refusing to step down and demanding recounts. I think it's all of has been a little sassy, hasn't is, he? Is, he has, yeah, is riding around on horses. Name sassy if you don't get the job. Waving joke. <laughs> guns around at rallies. I've kind of enjoyed all this. But anyway, anyway. Uh an interesting phenomenon was went happened I'm sorry an interesting phenomenon among female voters happened in Alabama 35% of white women voted for Democratic candidate Doug Jones which is more than twice the 16% of white Alabama women who voted for President Obama in 2012 the last pres- which is the last presidential race in which there was exit polling to compare those two um so this kind of raises the question, do Republicans need to worry about this voting block? Do they need to worry about actually doing things that women care about um, in order to
0: keep them as a constituency? What do you think? I would say yes and no. I would say yes, of course, Republicans need to constantly um, be on the lookout and be listening to women about what issues are important to them. And just to point out with us, it's not just the typical women's issues that are important to Republican women. Things like tax reform are are very important to Republican women. Um, But the reason I also say no is because I think this election was a complete outlier. I think if I were a Woman in Alabama, I would have a very hard time getting myself to the polling booth because I don't want to support someone who, uh, like Doug Jones, who um, supports ab- abortion until basically the end of the pregnancy. And I also don't want to vote for someone who's been accused of really bad things, really bad things that we don't even need to get into again. Um, But you don't you don't want to support something like that. And I think it's important for Republicans to know don't ever run a candidate like that again. But that's also to say that Republicans didn't necessarily choose Roy Moore. There's a whole big backstory there involving Mitch McConnell. McConnell, And I think he deserves a lot of the blame for this. So, um, again, I would say there's not a huge lesson. To, to be learned from this election, other than don't run an accused child molester. I think that is great advice. And speaking of advice, there
1: was an article, <laughs> an article out earlier this week. Headline It's from Everyday Feminism, which I check every day. Because do that's you. what it tells me to do. do. It's okay. called everyday Glad Feminism. you're in line. Yeah. So the headline is 10 things every intersectional feminist should ask on a first date.
0: So, I thought we could take turns <laughs> reading yeah. some of these aloud back and forth. Okay. Yeah. So this is advice from feminists on what intersectional feminists should be asking the men or I guess women they're dating on a first date we found them hilarious and thought you might get some entertainment out of them too so number one do you believe that black lives matter number two what are your thoughts on gender and sexual orientation number three how do you work to dismantle sexism and misogyny in your life (laughs) number four what are your thoughts on sex work Number five, are you a supporter of the BDS movement, which BDS stands for Boycott Divest Sanctions? Um, And this is... Sorry, go ahead. No, if you... Go for it. It's a pro-Palestinian organization
1: that is really, really, really hostile towards Israel and the state of Israel and is oftentimes can... Some of BDS supporters can be anti-Semitic. I don't know why you're talking about this on a date. I don't either. That's (laughs) (laughs) On your first date i don't understand anyway okay number six what is your (laughs) under what is your understanding of settler
0: colonialism and indigenous rights i'm just imagining brianna first date asking this question (laughs) i don't think i could do it with a straight face do you think capitalism is exploitative uh can any human being be illegal Okay, number nine. Do you support Muslim Americans and non-Muslim people from Islamic countries? Okay, what answer?
1: No, (laughs) I don't support Muslim Americans. Like, what? Like, no one is going to say that. That's so insane. Like, of course. Anyway, uh, does your allyship include disabled folks? Okay, first of all, I hate that term ally and allyship. I think it's so, like, weird and kind of creepy sounding, uh, anyway, well, this I'm is gonna, what
0: feminists are saying.
1: This is how you have a hot date,
0: apparently. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna out our producer Lauren, who earlier today, when reading this, the end of that that section about disabled folks, um, it says on a date with somebody who uses ableist slurs, walk away. Well, it seems like from that terminology walk away they're actually not being inclusive (laughs) of disabled folks who can't literally walk away true and that just shows how hard it is to actually live up to their standards and be inclusive in everything you say do and write This is fake woke. This is peak fake woke right here. All I can say is you could create a reality show, a really hit reality dating show, uh, showing women asking these questions to the men that they go out on dates with to screen them whether or not they are worthy and woke enough. Yeah. Crazy. (laughs) Absolute insanity. All right. Well... Up next, we wanted to play this really heartwarming video from our good friend, uh, Megan McCain, who joined The View recently. She is killing it over there. Um, She's And, you know, obviously, this is a very difficult time for her to be on national TV dealing with her father, Senator John McCain, um, who is fighting a very serious form of brain cancer. And Joe Biden, who has dealt with this type of cancer, um, went on the show to console Meghan McCain and to talk to her about this. And the video just was heartbreaking and inspiring um, in all the right ways. So let's play the clip.
2: The hard part bear with me okay I couldn't get through your book I tried your son Bo had the same cancer that my father was diagnosed with six months ago and I'm sorry but there's a lot of hope I think about Bo almost every day and I was told I'm sorry that this doesn't get easier but you cultivate the tools to work with this and live with this, I know you and your family have been through tragedy that I couldn't conceive of. What would you tell people? It's not about me. It's no, about no, everyone. No, with no, the no, 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 no. no it, 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 it is about everyone. But look, um, one of the things that <laughs> gave Bo courage, my word, was John. Mm-hmm. Your dad. You may remember when you were a little kid. Your dad took care of my Bo. Your dad, when he was a mill aide, worked with me. Became friends with Bo. And Bo talked about your dad's courage, not about illness, but about his courage. And look, there's a lot of things happening. Any of you have somebody who is diagnosed with glioblastoma, which is about as bad as it gets, there's breakthroughs that are occurring now. There's four things that are going on, and and it can happen tomorrow. Like, for example, at the University of Pennsylvania, where I
1: teach now. So that's a really sweet moment between john mccain or i'm sorry megan mccain and joe biden um that i have watched several times because i think it's just really sweet and touching and a reminder that you know regardless of what your opinions are on issues at the end of the day people are still people and we are all sinful and fallen and you know get sick and this is Something, finding a cure for this illness um, and fighting these diseases and supporting one another in times of tragedy and times of great grief is um, what makes us human and I think is the best aspect of being human right in the face of tragedy that we can come together and comfort one another and an excellent reminder to keep john mccain and the mccain family in our thoughts in our prayers i try to remember i do i do pray for him every sunday when i'm at mass actually um but a good reminder to try to pray you know more often for them because they are going through a very difficult time right now
0: And I think part of the reason this video went viral is because it is so beautiful in the midst of such a toxic political environment to see people from very different political perspectives care so deeply about one another and genuinely be there for another in thoughts and prayers to lend their support. I think it's incredible. I think we are missing that in society. And I hope moving away from 2017, we can get to a better place where we have those more of those types of interactions with people who we politically might disagree with. Absolutely. Moving on to a lighter subject that's so difficult to talk about. Our prayers go out to that whole family. Um, We're going to play a fun edition of Real or Fake News where Bree is going to guess whether the college course... Uh, names that I'm going to read are real college courses happening on a college campus near you or whether they are fake. So this came from the Young Americas Foundation, which put together this pretty incredible list of college course descriptions. And um, I think it just really goes to show what is happening on college campuses (laughs) and what students are learning. So we have a bunch of them. We're going to go rapid fire and we're going to Kick it off. And if I get one right, the bell dings, which is my favorite part. All right. Number one, medieval sexuality from Northwestern University. Real. Rednecks, queers, and country music from the University of Michigan. Real. Hip-hop feminism at the University of Illinois. Real. The racist history of automobiles at the University of Michigan. Fake. How did you know that? Uh, I'm just I'm just guessing. <laughs> all right, good job. I got yeah, got to give you a bell for that one. Oh, I got all of them right. Yeah, that was real. Uh, oh. oh no, that was fake. That was our first fake one so far. Everything else has been real. Uh, Querying colonialism at Washington and Lee. Real. Querying the Bible at Swarthmore oh College. No, fake. <laughs> what queer, queer queer in the bible no, queering the bible like making the bible queer yes this is a college course sophomore <laughs> college do not send your oh children there oh my god there. queering the education system smith college queer is this a verb like what okay real now that the other one that one that one's actually fake oh my um, gosh we made that one up because apparently queering colonialism and queering the Bible are real courses. I'm just so. going to start using so. that a verb in situations <laughs> that are like completely random. Like, have you done querying your lunch? All right. Marriage in the age of Trump, Davidson College. Ugh, real. Why not? What? Oh, my gosh. Gendered politics of food at the University of Georgia. The, that sounds real. That's real. Yeah. Gendered politics of food. How is that a real college course? I do not understand. I don't know. I understand, like,
1: the politics of food, but I don't understand gendered politics of food. Like, I don't don't understand what that means. Does it mean, like,
0: rosé all day kind of thing? Like, I don't know. So... Uh, because we're trying to get through this rapid fire, I'm not going to go into the whole course description. But for all those listening, if you are interested in learning more about these crazy college courses, you can go to the yaf.org website and you'll find a whole PDF that actually explains in detail what is going on in these college courses. A few more to get through and then we'll move on. Alternative genders at Texas A&M. Real. Vampires, evolution of a sexy monster. At the University of Kentucky. I would actually take that. I hope it's real. I'm going to say real. (laughs) Maybe they'll invite you as a guest speaker. Yeah. (laughs) Zombies, Modern Myths, Race, and Capitalism, DePaul University. This actually sounds interesting because
1: zombies were associated with um, slaves. And I'm not joking, in the West Indies, like they, so actually slavery was so brutal in the West Indies that uh, they would work Slaves to the point of death And then even like sometimes they would come up Out of the graves and like it was really Horrific conditions. so that actually does sound Like an
0: interesting course that could be beneficial I'm All gonna right. say real The future of feminism is it Inclusive enough UC Berkeley Real uh, What we made that one up because Oh of that's course, so believable it's, it's such an important question that of course College campuses are not asking it Oh my gosh <laughs> Alright, contemporary knitting Gender, craft, and community service DePaul University I'm going to say true Body burdens Toxic toxic tales and politics Of environmental racism Harvard University I don't know what that means, so I'm going to say real Last one Fat, the F word And the public body Princeton University Real You did good I did pretty good, I think you I only got well. one well oh right i'm gonna crack myself before anyone watching on facebook live does (sighs) all right well moving on to perhaps our favorite segment problematic women of the week this is where we crown the woman who has been the most problematic by the liberal left feminist standards so drum roll brie who is it this week Our problematic woman of the week is Sarah Huckabee Sanders,
1: who is the White House Press Secretary. Uh, Earlier this week, she was asked by CNN political contributor if she has experienced sexual harassment. I was appalled that someone would ask someone this on live TV and uh, not just a
0: CNN political contributor although i think man. that makes it i think it makes it worse he's a man and he's a also man. the playboy white house correspondent which is apparently a real thing i believe we have a clip of this if we oh sorry we do not have the clip of this um but but you know all the press conferences are streamed live we stream them often from the daily signal and so this was basically on live tv where a man Asked the female White House press secretary If she's ever experienced Sexual harassment Um, I mean Imagine if she had experienced sexual harassment or actually had been raped or assaulted and she's standing on stage and a man has the audacity to bring this up. It's funny because the left is always concerned about these trigger and trigger warnings. Well, that's an actual situation where she could have been triggered if she had experienced that. And we still don't know if she experienced that because um, she she uh, in her response, she didn't answer the question because it was so inappropriate yeah
1: she doesn't she shouldn't have i mean this is ridiculous and this is something that happens actually kind of a lot one of my coworkers, mary catherine ham who was at fox news until uh like a year ago i think she made the jump over to cnn um at fox news she would frequently appear on bill o'reilly's show and after all the allegations that came out against bill o'reilly people actually asked her if she had experienced any sort of, you know, problems or inappropriate behavior from Bill O'Reilly. And she came out and was like, this is ridiculous in 2017 that anyone is even asking me this. This is very personal. Um, And none of your business and the fact that people just feel like they're entitled to know this about you um, or even like assume that that happened to you is so out of line and so unreasonable and ridiculous and i definitely applaud her for you know coming out and speaking
0: out against that yeah and part of the problem with this question is that it was phrased in the way that um they're talking about the allegations against trump which resurfaced this week the sexual harassment allegations against trump and uh, the question was asked in the way that Sarah Huckabee Sanders can't possibly empathize with any woman who has experienced sexual harassment or assault unless she has experienced it herself. There's right. that, that is such a problematic way of thinking to begin with. And then... Um, when you add to it that she's on national TV, um, and then just to think about the double standard of this, can you imagine You know, one of Obama's uh, press secretaries being asked that? I don't think any reporter would dare ask somebody who worked for Obama that. How about somebody who worked for Clinton? Uh, maybe there'd actually be grounds to ask somebody who worked for Clinton um, because of the, the hard evidence that came out about Clinton, even though I'd argue it's still not appropriate to ask any woman that, even in the Clinton administration. But we just never saw these types of questions being asked in the past, and somehow this male reporter gets a free pass by the press to ask this question to Sarah Huckabee Sanders. No, it's completely ridiculous. And the context of that question, almost he
1: was almost kind of implying that if she hadn't been sexually assaulted Uh, or harassed then she should feel bad about that and like stay quiet about this whole topic when it's like uh no like what it's just so bizarre on so many levels um uh, yeah and I hope I don't know I hope he felt bad about it afterwards or something or you know I
0: know he said sorry I know he appeared on CNN afterwards I don't know if he apologized um but any men if you're watching this right now, don't because ask. we're talking about these conversations yeah. a lot with the me too, don't ask a woman that. It's not appropriate if she wants to it's tell none you. Of your business. She will tell you. Yeah, exactly.
1: You're exactly right. And, you know, Sarah Huckabee Sanders has to put up with a lot this morning, or last night she was making pies. Did you see this? <laughs> yes, this is this was this so an amazing funny. way to end the show. Yeah, she was making pies uh, because she made a pie for Thanksgiving, and April and Ryan tweeted at her, yo, show us up pie on a table, because she didn't believe her that she actually made the pie. So, Sarah Huckabee Sanders was making pies last night and was live-tweeting the process, and tweeting at April Ryan, which I thought was super funny. Some super great trolling. Yeah. Keep it up. Keep the trolling. Keep up the smoky eye. Uh, stay tough. And and, keep... and we got your back, Sarah. We got yeah. your back. You know, we're not the only ones who have her back. Um, her father also thinks very highly of her and has said some very sweet things about her in the past. And we're going to end the show on playing a little clip of that.
2: Now, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, I feel sorry for you. I've started a hashtag, support for Sarah, and get your mind out of the gutter. I seriously support you
1: in your quest for truth, in your quest for goodness, in your quest for love of country, because you haven't made it there yet. Hmm, quite a lecture.
2: Yeah. And again, I mean, just consider the source. I'll probably have to take half a baby aspirin tonight just to be able to get to sleep (laughs) because Mika Brzezinski attacked my daughter, who is one heck of a strong lady, a great mom, a lovely wife and a terrific public servant. And she deserves better from other women. And it just amazes me that uh, even the women who say they're feminist are doing everything they can to discredit my daughter. But, you know, to her credit, My daughter stands strong and tough and walks in that lion's den of a press room every day and I believe represents women, represents the president, and represents strength in an incredible way. And I'm just extremely proud of her. And, uh, you know, Mika can go pound sand somewhere as far as I'm concerned.
0: Amen, Mike Huckabee. Amen. That wraps up our show for this week. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And as always, if you know a problematic woman, please let us know. You can follow my work at The Daily Signal and on Twitter at Kelsey J. Harkness. You can follow me on Twitter at Brie underscore Payton. And you can read all of
1: my work over at TheFederalist.com.
0: This podcast is a collaboration of The Daily Signal and The Federalist, and it is produced by Lauren Evans of The Daily Signal. You can tweet segment ideas to her at Lauren Liz Evans. All of the Heritage Foundation's podcasts are now fe- featured on Ricochet Audio Network Podcasts. Whoop whoop. So if you like this, you can check out our others over there. We appreciate you sharing problematic women with all your friends, and of course for your support of strong conservative women who are standing up for America's culture.